Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. For the first time, Rangers were having a problem with the Scottish Cup. It wasn't quite at the levels of the great Bill Struth side, who, despite sweeping all before them so often in the league championship, had to wait 25 years to win the Cup again. But it was now 11 years, and that was too many for a club so far in the ascendancy in Scottish football. To discuss how it all changed, and a wee bit more, I'm joined this week on Dominant by Andy McGowan. How are we, Andy? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. As always. And in Athens is John Cowden. Good evening, John. Good evening. I think this and the next three episodes, I think we just do those and then after that it's downhill all the way. But yeah, tonight we... is in dreamland. It is a wee bit. You tell me you want subs for um, post-93. You're going to come back on and at Tannadice um, in your suit and just pick up the trophy. Um, oh, I'd go away like Haley. Yeah. <laughs> Do a set of McCoy's overhead kick, maybe, Aye. and things like that. <laughs> when it feels like that. <laughs> right. I, as I said last week, um, a wee bit out of chronology, because I, I wanted to to wrap the, the, the Scottish Cup in in a one in a one in, in this show. It had not been good to us. Um, not been good to us in my lifetime. It's We've had our problems with the Scottish Cup throughout history, I think it's probably fair to say. I hadn't won since 81. Um, Celtic had knocked us out in, what's that, three seasons in a row? Yep. Uh, so it's really becoming a, a, a problem. That final was a, in 89 was, was a bit of an outlier, really. Um, so... Given how strong we are in the league, surely, surely, the, the, this is going to be this is going to be the year. Those hopes maybe dampened a touch by the draw, third round, where the, the Premier League club, uh, clubs enter. Rangers are drawn away to Aberdeen, um, and a few things that again, if you let hoodoos and and curses really get into your mind, could could derail you. Uh, 
for a start, the the game was moved quite late on by Sky, uh, who, who wanted to show it. It was moved to the Wednesday night before the traditional Scottish Cup weekend, and then the last weekend in January. So that was a late inconvenience. People would have gone anyway, of course, and we're, we're very used now to, to, to getting up to, to, to Aberdeen, but it was it was quite late on. Um, but then even those who thought, well, great, I can get to, to sit and watch this live, wouldn't get to see it live, probably, if it was if it was on the weekend, um, were kiboshed because the, the, the Football Association of Ireland raised a complaint late on that this game would stop people coming to watch their league games that night, and... It had to be transmitted as live um, later on. Um, don't think they would have raised that question if Celtic had been playing that, that speculation, um, I guess. And Rangers had their own problems on the park. Mark Haitley had uh, a bit of an injury, who had, as discussed last week, absolutely dominated them in that, that league game. Rangers had a ready-made solution. That was Paul Rideout, but he was not registered in time because this was brought forward. So it was a bit of a calamity, Andy, around the the, the game before it had even kicked off. Your recollections, were you allowed to make that, that trip up? Or did you watch it as live later on? Uh, I watched it as live later on. I was, I was at school now. And being a studious boy, I, was, I wasn't allowed to go. Um, aye, so... Uh, to get back to your point about the third round and who does and everything else, you're not really meant to see Aberdeen come out the hat when we're, you know, I'm 16, but at this point, last time we won, it was 1981. So I can't really remember Rangers winning a Scottish Cup. In fact, I can't remember Rangers winning a Scottish Cup. And um, so Aberdeen, as we've spoken about in this series, fairly, you know, at, at times formidable opponents, especially up at Pertodri, so that you don't want to go here. You do not want to go up there. This is the last place. You want to be better. You want still an Albion or something. Yeah. Both the, the, the coffee, but, um, they, they, yes. they weren't the, the, the as we kind of intimated uh, last week on the, the the show about the league game. They were not the Aberdeen that, that had listen runners as close as possible last season. Alex Smith was teetering now; uh, he wouldn't survive much longer um, than this. Um, club legend Willie Miller would, would would step up to to, to that job soon enough. Um, but it was a nervy night, John, an early McCoy goal. I don't think it was one of his best. He would save um, two of those, actually, until to the very last league game of the season at Pataudry. Uh So an early McCoy goal and yet another superb Gorham save um, late on. Um, again, all the on-pitch, off-the-pitch uh, reasons that, that, that a weaker team could be affected by but this was starting to feel maybe like a different Rangers. I had football training that night um, as a 11-year-old, whatever, um, with the radio on, and it, it felt huge because, you know, this, in my lifetime, the Scottish Cup's an absolute disaster. Yeah, I mean, I was up that night, um, actually in a car so, uh, I was working in Edinburgh as normal and picked two, three guys up uh, from the bus in Nepal at Falkirk High, effectively got a police escort or there was a flashing police car going at 90 miles an hour through Teesside, which I followed judiciously. But it was a, this is a very different season. This is, this is a change from Sunnis in many, many ways. Even through Sunnis winning the league and everything, Parkhead and Pataudry, let's face it, still 
can become a house of pain uh, for us, which is very painful for anybody of my age who was there from the beginning of the Premier League and we very rarely won up there or at Parkhead and suddenly we've won twice at Parkhead and we've beaten them at Ptodgy but you're still thinking Wednesday night up there freezing and no Haley. there are excuses for but it, I know Gorham had a great save later on very late on they never really threatened there was kind of shots but it, it was very un-Aberdeen like which shows you how poor they were normally at Ptodgy there would be even when you were doing half decent, there would be a period when they'd put you through the mill and there'd be balls flat flashing across the goal, etc. It was actually a pretty dreadful game. We won, so of course it wasn't. Um, I've got a parking ticket as well that night, as I recall. But it was a... I would get a parking ticket every, every game in that one. But it, it wasn't a great game, but it was a fantastic game. Fantastic outcome. What what it meant as a fan, you you take so much from that, don't you? Yeah, and it's great. This is now this season. You win. I mean, before this season, I've seen us beat Celtic by two goals at Parkhead once. We've done it twice in two games. I've seen us beat Aberdeen up there about four times in twenty years, and this season we do it three times on the. Tr- I mean, this is this changes things. We know. And the Scottish Cup changed thing. We no longer in Scotland have, what shall we say, a knowing dread about games. When you go to Tordry, you love to go to. It's great fun. But the 90 minutes can be sometimes absolutely horrific. Whereas around this time, and this is one of the games that makes it, you actually, not only are you looking forward to the trip, you're looking forward to the game. You have a degree of confidence, which isn't there under Sunnis and you know, Sunnis helps us dominate every team at Ibrox, but we haven't really come out and, you know, stormed the ramparts of, of Parkhead and Pedodri. And it's this kind of, you get that feeling, you go up there, you win. I have a recollection it's a freezing cold night, and I watched that Miko's got his gloves and long sleeve <laughs> shirt on in the first half. Second half, he's got a short sleeve top. I mean, Miko never wears a long, a short sleeve top, but he has that night. Pitodry, and I'm thinking maybe it was a lot warmer, maybe it was balmy off the North Sea. But I do recall, and it's a, it's a lovely trip back. This is twice in a row, two midweeks in a row. You're going back down the road, okay? This was a car, a couple of guys, where you're actually not thinking, well, Saturday can't come quick enough, but you're basking in the glow of we can go up there and win, and it's relatively pain free. In a different way to the 3 2 mm. demolition in December. But it was, you know, we had one shot, McCoy's puts it away, they had one shot, Gorham saves it. It was yeah. a good save, very good save. But it wasn't it wasn't one he pulls out the top corner or whatever. You'd have been disappointed if he'd get beat by it. But I mean, Aberdeen's defending is woeful. Uh, you watch again, McCoy's as well, sit on the six yard line, yeah. middle of the box, and there is no one near him, is he? Pulls it down poorly and slaps it in. Yeah. It is. It's not Aberdeen like in that up there. Yeah, well, they are. It's they wonderful. are. Yeah, they are on. They're on a bit of a decline. They'll have a a wee bit of resources next season. We'll come to that before they really do fall off a cliff for well ever. Um, Alan McCoy says 
asked that cliched question uh, about who he wants in the next round and he gives the standard cliche answer, don't care as long as it's at home and he gets his wish. But John Motherwell at Ibrox in the fourth round, last 16, uh, not the buy that, that some might think. Motherwell are Scottish Cup holders. Uh, they have a tendency of making life difficult on occasion, um, especially at Ibrox. And it's, you know, even with, with players like David Cooper um, in a kind of Indian summer, fantastic cup final, of course, uh, they still have the ability to, to really kind of grind a game down to its basic level. But they're one up. Uh, Phil O'Donoghue, nice Phil O'Donoghue. Uh, Andy Gorham has to make a, a brilliant save to, to stop it being 2-0. Smith takes Dale Gordon off for a young Gary McSwiggin. I'm not saying that was transformative, but it at least gave Rangers a greater urgency in the second half. And as Alan McCoyce would later write, this was Alexei Mikhailichenko's day. He he scores the two goals that, that, that wins the game. The second one, an absolute beauty. Um, just so cultured, so careful, caressed into the back of the net. Um, and, and, you know, turned the tie on its head because we were not good in that first half. And... You know, we have talked a lot, we will talk a lot um, tonight, I'm sure, and we'll develop this 92-93, I am absolutely sure, about Gorham at one end, McCoyce and Haley at the other. Um, but, you know, Miko, 12 goals from 31, coming in and left the midfield. He's not really a left midfielder, Walter, he played in the middle of the park. Um, probably should have got a lot more praise and attention if it wasn't for the devastation that the, the two up front were causing and the heroics that the Gorham was producing. It was a fairly good opening season for Miko, and today was his day. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this game is weird because it's 2-1 Rangers and you think it's a typical Motherwell game. But they come out in the first half and open up more than I think they ever did in any other game yeah, at Ibrox. And I suspect McLean and Forsyth, the management team, Knowing us as they do, and with a few ex-Rangers players dotted about, know that the the hoodoo is there. They are the Scottish Cup holders. And they think for once we'll go out and give it a little go and see what happens. And they do. We aren't great in the first half, but Billy Thompson makes a couple of saves which you're thinking, oh, it's going to be one of those days. And then as you see, Miko... Look, it's Miko's body language all season long. I thought he was superb uh, as a player. But he is ambling, Sam. I mean, there is no passion there that we would recognise from even Gorham, you know, getting... There's just no animation. He he is, you know, the minimise... What is it? Minimal effort, maximum output. And his output is phenomenal this year. Uh, And he's the two goals, but if you watch that end of season video, he keeps scoring at very, you know, regularly, and he's good pass, he's got good control, how he's a left winger, and I seem to recall that, I never watched that, he was more a dynamic, oh, I wouldn't quite say box to box, but when he played yeah. for Kiev, played in Sabdori <laughs> in the middle of the park, and he was up and down, I mean, whereas we've got this guy who's, you're stuck me in the wing, I don't really want here, but if you give me the ball, do yeah. something. Andy, <laughs> Andy, he had a left foot, so he plays left wing, I mean, that, that's, that, I don't think there's much more involved in that. Um, 
Rangers fans don't like language, do they? They don't like that body language. They will revere someone who runs around an awful lot far more than they can than someone who can read a game, pick a pass and actually be technically proficient. Um, Miko, a wee bit underrated this season? Underloved? Well, I, I adored Mikhail Achenko and I don't know, my, my memory man was that he was bought and we, we, we were, you know, you get these pocket analyses in the, in the bill and stuff like that on the internet at that point and it was the Russian Brian Robson box to box mm. comes in late to the, the you know in the box and score goals and he, he everything goes through him and he's ascent the fulcrum of the Russian the USSR team that year at the European Championships that year and it just won was it the year before he won the league with Sampdoria yeah and um, so you know you're, the, the actual signing him for 2 million quid which was a lot of money at that time was a big signal intent because you're going to the best league in the world at that point in time and you're buying Russia's, you know, best player, effectively. I, I often thought, Martin, that he was moved out left because the pace of Scottish football was just too much for him. And I remember in his early days, he, he took a while, mm. took a while, that's another statement. It just fl- flew past him to the point where at points he was a bit, a bit of passion. And it, for younger listeners, the only comparison I can make in recent times is Penya. Because Penya was the same, you know, he, he would get caught in the boss stuff like that. I used to have Timmy Cole quite a lot in the early days, but he adapted because he was too good a player noted. But John's right, his body language and his language run, he, he, he ran as if he had um, had he done a warm-up. He runs like Alan, he? <laughs> number 46. And, um, but he, he, his life uh, was, was fantastic. And actually... That eye for goal, that, that kind of priceless thing he gave the midfielders that can score goals, was always there for day one. And, and he was just starting to come into his own new Rangers and he was starting to contribute in a meaningful way. And, and this was, as you say, for McCoy's book, it was Mikhail Chenko's day. This, I remember this being a kind of uh, an, an arrival of sorts yeah. because he'd won the day for us and without that, you know, the cup we'd was be, the cup. Quarterfinal. Yeah, so did I, but. Um... Yeah, he just doesn't doesn't get quoted enough. But it's, it's a very good debut season. The quarterfinal took us up to McDermott Park again. We no, somewhere we lost, but it was it was rarely a a serene visit. You know, as soon as these issues there we've spoken about, Rangers had won three two up there early in the season. That's where Smith and Totten were, you know, algy bargying and the, the touchline. Police charges um, as a result. Scott Nisbet had to pop up late. I think to to secure a three two win, so again you're like God, this you know the draws no exactly been kind here, and McCoy says this is the greatest performance of the season. Rangers were absolutely outstanding three 0 It was Hustra that that takes over the creative role from Mikhailichenko. He's man of the match. Um, uh, it was just you know absolutely super stuff. Um, went back to McDermott Park the following weekend I think on league business or a couple of weeks after that anyway and it was kind of normal service resumed it was tough it was gritty it was grim Rangers 1-2-1 uh, Big Haley, um would be involved but he, he got both goals that day but he got an injury and he's, he's back late on um, and with the Celtic semi-final coming up on the horizon that that was a real blow I remember that um, a lot of speculation will he won't he um you remember those those two games, Andy? That kind of that kind of double header. Uh, it's weird that the, the the shackles could come off so so easily, but you know when it came back to the league, where we were kind of cruising, and uh, it's back to that kind of grim 
um, 44 game slog that was just kind of typifying the season at the time I this the slog is real because they playing playing each other four times and you know and then you play them in a cup inevitably it was very very real fans were fed up with it players were fed up with it everybody was fed up with it but the, the nobody bar Rangers but LT would speak up against it because you know it was a cash cow to the games, I can't remember much of it, I'm going to be honest, but um, St. Johnson under Totten, where, you know, Totten was a good manager. I think looking back, they would look at guys like Totten and Smith and Alex Smith and mm. think, you know, there were better managers who actually gave them credit for now. And um, it was a hard game up there, but um, I think it was, it was at Haley scored the two goals up yeah. there in the league. Yeah. Um, so I, another, another game where he, he's a difference. Stuart McCall writes this this story about after the the Old Firm League game that we, we talked about briefly in, in the show last week. Uh, Rangers losing 2-0 at home. A dreadful performance. Celtic could have had far more. And his family were up, his wife's side, I think, and they they went for a Chinese meal. Um, the, the, the owner of the Chinese restaurant was a Rangers fan. He, he, he was kind of furious, telling them how bloody useless Rangers were, took their coats and came back out with a Rangers scarf with stamping on it um, and, and basically saying, you 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 better bloody win this this semi-final uh, and McCall kind of snaps saying, look, we'll win 10 days, we'll win it and we'll be celebrating and he said, well, if, if you do, you can bring all the players and their wives and you, you get a free meal um, and McCall said, look, none of this was put on, he was absolutely furious, we, we had to win that semi-final or else uh, John I mean, let's be fair here, Celtic under Liam Brady, this is probably the best run of fixtures they or best run of results they've had since they won the league and would have again probably until Burns ret- uh, comes back. Um, 14 games undefeated, beating us handily. Uh, the media are now in full. They're the best footballing side in Scotland, despite trailing Rangers on points and goals scored. Um, all of a sudden, this was the real quiz. This was a real measurement of success. Um, they had the problems off the field, uh, of course, and they had an EGM the day before the semi-final, which lasted eight hours, I think. Um, plenty to sort out. Does the name David Smith ring a bell to anybody, by the way? He's not the finance guy. He was uh, appointed to the board um, just before this game and in their 103 years history at that point, or in terms of the corporation, um, he was the first non-Catholic to take um, a position on the board. Not the same level of um, outcry and sensationalism as we, we'd seen uh, a few years earlier with, with the on the football side, um, but... Yeah, they've got some issues off the field that they're, they're clearly, for them, going to desperate measure to try and resolve. Um, so, John, they're the stylists. That night, I think it's fair to say, was not a night for style. Um, it was an absolute, really horrendous night. Poor David Livingston. Sky had the game. They, they, they actually bumped their Italian coverage. Didn't have the Premier League yet, so they, they showed this game live. Poor David Livingston. He, he's trackside. He looks like one of those weather reporters that the, the American TV channels put out just to just show just how wild the, the, the weather is actually endangering their lives. It was it was absolutely horrendous. So Glasgow caught in a tempest. Uh, it was never going to be a night for the faint-hearted. Celtic coping well on the pitch despite the uh, constant talking of the boardroom battles but a foul here by David Robertson 
and the uh, yellow card is out. I think Rangers will just be content just to see this half out, go and have a cup of tea, have a chat from Walter Smith, and then really just uh, um, gird themselves for the second half. I'm sure Celtic will be going into a bit of a roasting from Liam Brady, so I'm sure that he won't be happy with the way, with it, with the man advantage, they haven't got a goal. Well, Celtic letting McCall get away. McCoy! He scored! Right on the 45 minutes! Against all the odds! of extravagant celebration. The first is almost in tears of joy and disbelief. The ten men have taken the lead at Hampden Park. Never write off Rangers. A sensational semi-final success. 84 minutes with ten men. To put the old enemy out of the Scottish Cup at long, long last and uh, into the 1992 final of the Tennant Scottish Cup. Ali McCoy scored the goal, but all around him were other heroes. Andy Gorham in a second half in which often as he stopped shots, the frame of the goal came to his rescue as well on three occasions. But moments like this are very, very rare. And hardened football people like Walter Smith are absolutely delighted, and understandably so. This has been a triumph rippling with character and courage. Celtic already off the pitch. OK, John, the night itself, before we get into the game, um, just how bad was that weather? Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. It was horrific. I was in tears. And I remember coming through off the Rander in the car, and it was a blizzard. Mm. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get through, but I was definitely getting through because I was getting to the game. Um, but it was absolute, And the wind was coming from the east, which is unusual. So, you know, which is always a freezing cold wind. And for some reason, my first wife at that point had taken the wrong train uh, from Queen Street to back up to England where it was, but it was the only express all day that ended up in Balloch and she phoned and my father was, what time is she going to be here? And my question was, do you have keys? Because <laughs> I'm going to get 
but no, we basically we to go there. Unfortunately, I was in that seated at the the Rangers and hand handing it a weird configuration mm. that night because we had taken over because we were seated. None of the rest of the terrace in the woods did we not swing round beyond the halfway line. Yeah, we were. It was a weird configuration, and there was a gap between the Rangers end and the north enclosure. But it was absolutely horrific, and you know, will I get there? She was going to be late. Hately, I remember when, when it was the last minute up at Perth as well. Yeah. He went down. It was nothing. The game was won. It was yeah. done. And it, it, I can't even say it was a bad tackle. He just, I think the guy ran it. That was an Oculus, yeah. Down. yeah. It, was, it was one of those nothing. You think, you see him getting off and he's lying, you think, oh. and then as the day goes by, you think, oh, here we go. And he's not the only injury problem we've got. Why would we ever? Because there's Ian Ferguson either dropped, not played. Miko's not about. It's it's usual Rangers giving it a big game. The only sucker I could take to a degree was I hated playing teams back to back or close back to back. Yeah. Because you always get one where you did well and one was a grind, Alice and John. So them having won at Ibrox and as Jack McGinn would say, if the league had started after the old firm game in January, we'd be top of the league. Yeah, but it starts in August, Jack. But but and that, that kind of confidence, they love that. They love that whole, we can play with no pressure on. Because there is no pressure there. They need snookers. And it's not as if we're in a bad run. They've beaten us. We've won it. Tawdry. I mean, we've only, had, we've only lost, what, once in 21 games? All the, and all that time? Yeah. The Hately one is, is worrying because, yeah, it, he has done them damage. They are quite scared of him. Um, he has been able to sort of drive it. But you're going in and they're a lightweight team. Uh, I mean, and if they have any heavyweights or they, they ain't got any class, you know, or skill, you know, it's, it's Mike Galloway stuff or Tony Mogri. They, they, they haven't got that strength and skill married. They're either lightweights, McStay, Anthony Lee Collins or whatever, Joe Miller, or they're hammer throwers, whereas actually we're a better footballing team. I, I never got this, but, and I was quite happy that they could put that blanket around themselves and say we might not win, but we're a better footballing team, because it just deluded them, and they were never going to address until they recognised we were a better football team. You, you know, skill, strength, power, whatever. They were never going to catch us. They were always going to be wrapping themselves in this lovely blanket of we're the skillful team and that other grieving blanket they had where, you know, the Masonic wrestle never let us win. And as long as they had that two things, they were never going to address the elephant in the room, which is Rangers get better players, better team, and that's the difference. Yeah. Andy Smith could have gone right out and McCoy's because uh, right it was available he doesn't um, he kind of ballasts the midfield a wee bit because uh, that's Celtic strength I mean McStay and Collins they are playing well um, and it's uh, that, that's, that's clear where the danger is going to come from luckily because of the Robertson sending off he's able to pretty serenely actually adjust Spackman goes back into centre defence John Brown goes out to left back you know, no huge drama done. Um, it's a kind of four four one, um, really. 
the Robertson sending off, it's, it's interesting. Uh, the Sky commentary and the, the BBC commentary later on and in the highlights, those those speaking live think it's harsh and those in the studio in, in, in both uh, um, uh, broadcasts with the time to, to digest actually think, no, that that's actually a pretty wild tackle, six minute or not, that's, that's a sending off. Um, is it just that we weren't used to players being sent off that early, one of those things in Scotland? Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, Miller and Robertson were pals. And I think Smith had told them, you know, basically to land one on him, to, so just to, you know, see what he's see what he's up to, see what he's got, because uh, that, that could be a, a another source of, of danger for Rangers. And I actually think he does. I'm in the kind of minority. I think he does get carried away. I think it's, it's a ridiculous thing to do at that, that stage of uh, a semi-final. I think, well, when you look at it through the lens of modern football, then you're like, it's two red cards, but back then, you're quite right. You, you, you had, the, you had the, the, the tempering of decisions in the first 10 minutes, you know, the free, the free kick up the arse that were allowed in Scottish football by referees at that point in time. I think it was a saying off then, I think it's a saying off now. I thought it's deliberate, it's a deliberate kind of shoulder body check, whatever you want to put it. Miller makes the most of it as he would, but. Mm. It didn't really need to do. It wasn't a dangerous part of the, the, the pitch, and there would have been cover, or you like to think there would have been cover after it if he got past Robertson. And there would have been a different way to do it. I mean, he could have went shoulder to shoulder with him in a, in a foot race and probably yeah, kept up with yeah. him. So it was, it was a bit of rashness for Robertson. And, um, you know, it's it's still your one in the first 10 minutes of him semi final. I think, I think it's important to stay. John's kind of alluded to it there, but. I feel this particularly strongly because um, the week before, I was sitting beside a Celtic sport in school. I'm 16, I'm sitting beside a Celtic sport in school. And, you know, not only him, but every Celtic support, I'm, I'm a coward and I'm a footballer, whatever. Their tails are so high that, you know, they mm-hmm. think they're going to win there because they've had this. Is it something like 11? There were 14. 14. Uh, well, 14, 14. Un- unbeaten, but yeah, a lot of wins. And then including, including us, I mean, they. they, they... Yeah, the dreadful. The week before, and, and you're right, they were playing good football and aesthetically pleasing football, and it was a kind of pinnacle of the McStay maestro myth, you know, because mm-hmm. it was as if um, they wanted him to be something that he never ever achieved. You know, he was he was going to be the next Tunis for the age of 19 or something, and he never ever got there. And I think they kind of kidded themselves on that he was, he was that, he wasn't he. So, well, getting into this game, we needed a win because they thought they were going to win. You know those games where it's so much sweeter because yeah. it's like you, you, unbelievably we are the underdog because they make us underdog because they're that so fucking hyper that they think they're going to do it. We've seen it time and time again. So uh, 10 minutes in, so I did care as far as I'm concerned. And, um, you know, I've watched this game many times. I had this game in VHS. I found mm. this was worse in VHS and I've watched it. I've watched the goal in slow motion, everything. And um, I was in the North Stand. I was getting soaked, mm. absolutely soaked. It, it can't, it, you can't understate how wet and wild it was that night. But I'll come on to the goal. But what I'll tell you about the goal is that when I come home, my mom, my dad said to my mum, I don't think I've ever seen Andrew jump so high <laughs> in my life. <laughs> and I go in and that was his exact words. That tells you a wee bit about my mindset if I get tormented for a week and a half uh, uh, in physics next to the Celtic fan. My, my dad went and he was so smug that he had a... A seat, which was, ah. Hamden was just starting to get 
you know, renovated as John John has said. So the Rangers then was seated. Um, so he said, no, but, you know, this weather's dreadful, but at least, at least I'm seated. He was even the third row. Um, it did not save him. Uh, let's put it that way. He was absolutely drowned. John, very quickly on the, the Robertson challenge, is that a red card to the stands of the day? Did it matter that the man brandishing that red card was Andrew Waddle? Oh, Andrew Waddle loved to be yeah. that absolute eccentric. In the times of the day, I don't know. It could win either either or. What I would say is he, if he gives a red for that, Celtic don't end up with 11 men in the pitch if he, if he continues in that vein. Mm. Which, which he isn't. I think normally you're allowed a free hit and that maybe goes in Robertson's mind a little bit. But it is Waddle and he does love... In fact, many of the big refs around that point do like to make these statement decisions that put them in the spotlight. And yeah. In real time, I don't think it's a red. It's one of those when you slow it down the studio, you see his elbow come out, you can see why it is a red. I think it plays into our hand in, this, in all sorts of ways because the way Smith reacts, it's one of those nights as it goes where everybody's in sync. It's one of those rare nights mm. where everybody is in sync from the fans, the people. You know, Smith's out. Does he not tell Joe Timmins the fourth day yeah. to, you know, and get out of the way? I, yes, and Smith has not played right out, right out, and I think the Thames are completely confused. Yeah, because they're like, we're going to because they they have now convinced all we do, ball, and now they're thinking there's nobody to plant the ball to what we do. As you see, Smith comes off. We get them sending off from the right. Says right, Spackman centre the half as you've done many times. Brown left back, no problem. Everybody else, I don't think Celtic adjust in that first half at all because we're we're by far the better team. This, although that is also because there is a, a gale force wind behind us. We, we've got. But we're playing by far the better football. But this is interesting, right? Because the wind is behind us, so it's, it's right into Celtic. But for all the style and for all the cavalier. Uh, and the aesthetics that we've heard about, it's cross ball after cross ball into a wind and with a fairly comfortable defence now in, in in terms of dealing with cross balls. The, you know, Gorham is pretty much on his line uh, and, and, you know, Goff and, and Brown Spackman now and they're, they're going to they're gonna deal with that. So it, it kind of plays into your hands. And again, for this ball-playing team of footballers, they get caught out. It's Brian O'Neill, who will be a source of much fun as the 1990s uh, develop, uh, who gets caught. And it's just this brilliant press with McCoy and McCall. And the the interchange between the two of them. And listen, McCoy scores some brilliant goals in this season. He will outdo himself at the end at Pataudry. Um But I actually think he scored a few better than this. He does not have much to play with. You know, Marshall's done pretty much his job. Um, he, there is a tiny bit of space between what he can reach and the post. McCoy doesn't have any time to even set himself. It's all in this one fluid motion. Uh, and 10-man Rangers are, are in front. Martin Tyler um, is, as he was at that time, starting to just stamp these games with, with his kind of authority and kind of make them even more legendary. Um, you know, McCoy is almost in tears of joy and disbelief. Um and Dale Gordon's behind them, and Ali's celebration 
John, it's it's like platoon, it's like that that front cover, you know, the the, the rain absolutely teeming down, and he is almost in tears. This what a release from from that kind of tension that the 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 players must have felt after that 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 start. Yeah, we needed a goal. Uh, I mean, the second half without win yeah. was always going to be like the Alamo. And to get the goal, we were playing good. I mean, and Ali's overcut. The other one I remember, I don't know if it's the TV or even the game, is Archie Knox on the sidelines. Is yeah. Everybody is animated. It's quite... He's more Saturday Night Fever than Platoon, I think. I mean, Platoon, I mean, is that not Linwood number one? Even the weather has got one of those sort of Normandy beaches, whatever, uh, feel, and it's just magnificent. I fortunately um, two-thirds of the way back in the Rangers end in a seat, so I am dry. <laughs> I, I'm living your father's... Um, which you'd say dream, mm. whereas he's way down at the front, where he's even lucky to see the game. But it, it's phenomenal. It's and the timing is as well because it, everybody said just before, but for us in that one, it just gives you something to defend in that second half. And it's just a superb goal in amongst this monsoon weather. I, I don't think. I think that it's not something that they show in Sky where they show the rain coming off horizontally mm. from one of the, the floodlights at the Celtic yeah. end. Yeah. Oh, it's, 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 that it's, it's is no pretty... exaggeration yeah. at pitch level. That's a tempest. Which always strikes me. But that is Sky, sky lovers and they love the atmosphere of Old Firm. So the volume of the crowd is not muted. Mm. <laughs> As my recollection, I haven't watched that, but generally they like to ramp up the volume of the crowd because they actually understand how to sell a game to neutrals, mm. which is to get the passion that's coming from the pitch and the terraces and pump it out through your TV screen yeah. rather than let's dumb it down a la BBC. Yeah. Or the, 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 I mean, yeah. The Milan Juve game that would follow this would have something else for the TV viewers, but they, those tuning in, and they did. They knew exactly what they were getting, and I don't think they were particularly disappointed. Um, that that lead is precious, John, and, and without it, I think you're right. You nil at half time. Uh, I think this is a completely different complexion. Uh, Archie Knox, famously, of course, gets the ball, boys, or gets one. So look, you, you boys, Rangers fans, yes, he's a fiver for everybody. Just slow this game down because Rangers are going to face Celtic. They're going to face the wind as well, and they're pretty much sitting in to defend Andy. Um, it is all Celtic. They're Again, very rarely from direct range. Uh, Miller, uh, Joe Miller, he failed to, to kind of properly connect with the only chance he had when he got in behind Brown. Um, Brown, you hit the post from distance, actually deflected off Spikeman's hand. Again, I don't know what would have happened if there was any kind of technology there. Mike Galloway stung Gorham's hand from outside the area. Gorham's goal frame struck twice in quick succession, McStay um, um, involved in a Jerry Craney header from the corner it, it felt a bit of like a game of rugby where Rangers just kind of conceding this possession um, agonising to watch on the telly um, but then Celtic have their moment which is maybe sometimes what they want rather than an actual goal which is a penalty shout uh, in the mud uh, of that, that Rangers box, John Collins appears to be fouled by John Brown 
I think it is a penalty and it would be given today. What goes against them is this one dive and the almost shaping simulation. He, he goes down to be contacted uh, instead of just waiting for, for Brown to clean him out, which he probably would have done if he just stayed on his feet and it would have been a penalty. Celtic would have probably not won the game at that, that stage of the game, but would, would have forced a replay. But he doesn't, and as it happens, Andrew Morrow gets to um, annoy all of Glasgow um, with a decision in the last 10 minutes as he, as he had in the first. But as a fan at the game, sometimes I think it's better to be at the game, watching on telly is just brutal, but that those 45 minutes, you, you, you age rapidly. <laughs> I was only 16, I'd about aged it rapidly. I think it just, I don't mind go back to goal too much, but see, see when you're talking about Bakoyce, we were talking about his goal up at Bataudry earlier on, was, is it a sclaff and it goes in? Mm. And it was a sclaff, but his sclaffs go in, this is the difference, yeah, this is what yeah. makes him the ultimate striker. And, but this goal, I mean, anybody who's played football know that, it, that one of the hardest things in the game to do is a ball that's coming across your body and onto your striking foot. So not across your body, but onto it. So it's coming from his right, onto his right foot, and it's slightly behind him. And he's like, exquisite finish. The two wasn't a rocket or anything like that, but it was just too accurate for Marshall. So, you know, we look by at McCoy's now, and I think it would take it for granted about how good he was a finisher. And yeah. uh, this was a perfect example. But I think it's psychologically busting at that moment because, you know, we're doing the 10 men. As soon as, that, as soon as Robertson walks off that pitch, they, they were expecting to win before the game. They're, they're really expecting to win after he walks off the pitch. And then we get that goal. Um, just before half time, and all of a sudden, you know, they've got 45, seasons, 45 minutes to, to save this uh, cup tie. And the one that strikes my mind is the one that hit the post in the mud, bounces back out. And, and it's the, the, those moments you think, Chris, we're right, lot, but also at the same time, your brain's telling you, we're going to do this. This is written in the stars kind of style. My recollection of the Collins thing was, is this where he does a kind of cross turn in the box? Mm, I thought it was a penalty. Um, I looked at it the other day in preparation for this. I think it's a penalty still new. But, you know, as soon as the the, um, the theories come out for the Celtic, and as you've got to remind them, this is Andrew Waddle we're talking about. This guy, if you're putting him on the list of referees that was favourable to World Rangers, then I'm sorry, you're, you need section. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was rabid. He was mental. He, he, he had the, the, the eyes bulbing out his, his head at times, if you remember, John. He's, he, it just it was just theatrical. So I thought I thought that the Cavalier football that they'd been talking about themselves, the pan themselves in the back about failed to do the job that was required against, you know, a stoic Rangers team that was adaptable yeah. and could do the dirty bit as well. And it, and it, and that sometimes makes it all the sweeter because it's all it's like Mohammed Ali in the rope dope, you know, it's yeah. no nice, it's no beautiful, it's no the, the beautiful game or whatever, but you win and that's it. And nobody cares about the, the, anything else afterwards. Well, stoicism, the need for just results, uh, absolutely right, Andy. That, that is one of those nights. Uh, David Robertson was up in the stand by this point, kicking every ball, and but he said, look, you know, th- th- this was just. An, an example of, or, or a reminder of what we had, and it was probably the final reminder they needed about what they had in terms of the spirit within that dressing room. Years later, even if you were two 0 out of Falkirk, you knew you'd still win because this this squad just said something. And you know, McCoyst, um, 
said, you know, this this was when the Rangers squad had shown exactly what they were made of. Um, we we reorganised superbly, played as well and as bravely as I can remember any Rangers team in my spell at Ibrox. And the celebrations with McCoy after it with with Smith, you know, I think McCoy kind of almost picks Smith up. He kind of jumps on him, and Smith kind of kicking his legs out. And we'd we'd see lots of Walter Smith celebrations, but I don't think any, even Fiorentina. I don't think any as manic and as passionate uh, as that because we knew what that that semi-final meant. Men go through to, to face Airdrie in a final. We'll come to it later. This is the final, in all honesty. Getting this kind of cup hoodoo off her back and the way that we did it, um, the, you know, the bravery, the stoicism, all, all of that. It was a special, special night and they, they knew it. It was a side coming of age and it, it lays the foundations for you know the, the, the greatest season of all. This is maybe a conversation for another time, but I, I do wonder what the consequences of of that special night are that we romanticise the difficult rather than the serene. We romanticise the, the the tough going down to ten men um, rather than you know three nils where we've played Celtic off the park. Um, I always talk about the, the the trip to Highbrooks being the most Rangers song imaginable because we you know we invent a game it doesn't take place we you know we've actually invented this whole firm game and we go one down it's the most Rangers thing of all there has there has to be um, a barrier there has to be something to overcome it has to be gritty um, and that's what you're going to get really um, as as the years go on a Rangers team who know how to do that but the consequences in arenas where European teams don't really care. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Yeah, about your ability to play in the rain and your ability to kind of hold things up and you need to keep the football. Um, it's a slightly different kind of prospect and uh, there might be ramifications there, I don't know, but who cared that night, I guess, uh, because it was one of those special nights, John. It was... For guys of my age, as I say, this season, but for my guys, guys of my age and, and older, this was for me. This was going back to a Wallace team. Like you can go back sixteen years exactly to the day, thirty first March seventy six, when we were two down against Motherwell, honking, came back in the Scottish Cup semi final to win three two, and it had that feel. The whole, I wasn't confident until the penalty, and it was a penalty. It was Stonewaller. We would be apoplectic if that was not given whether he was starting to get down or whatever that was a penalty what I would say and I watched it again weirdly is early in the second half Joe Miller goes down again holding himself after yeah. I think it's maybe McCall and Waddle goes over and tells him don't say it and I remember at the penalty I was dad's sitting but we're standing and it, I, I was waiting for the whistle to blow it's one of those where it, time stops and you're like it's a penalty and he just plays on it, and you're actually wait, still waiting for him to come around and go, hang on a minute. Up. And I looked at my dad, and he, he just looked at me, because he's a referee, and is fairer than anyone, unfortunately. And he said, 
obviously he doesn't think Robertson should have got sent off. I don't know. And that was only... He didn't say Robertson shouldn't have got sent off. Mm. But I do think there was a... Th- Everybody does it. We can criticise referees. What the was that? Edinburgh gynaecologist or whatever. But I do think there was something in the mind as it went on and on and he thought, I'll balance this up. And that was... And after that, they're bust. They're complete. That is... The pressure's building. They're hitting bars, posts. And when that doesn't go in, they're... And everybody... You can listen to the last 10 minutes, but obviously the headset, because the police will be around your house if you're in Scotland. <laughs> the singing for the Rangers end, it just builds and builds. Everybody is emotionally invested in this to a way that is just... It's a rubbish game, but it is one of those nights which... If you had the chance to go back and live, there, it's one of the games you would pick. Just because of what goes on, as you say, McCoy's with Smith dancing about. You know, I mean, Smith occasionally loses it, but to see him celebrate like that, it's just everybody's in it. I mean, as Andy says, just give us a cup just now. You know, it's yeah. every they wouldn't mind. There's two every players sitting behind it. It was the Alan Lawrence and. Yeah. Smith, I think, was a bit behind as the Rangers, and they were looking at each other after it went to, we were 1-0, five minutes to go, and everybody standing, they were trying to sit, and they were looking at each other going, what on earth is going on here? Hmm. It is just one of the, what is the consequences? I've got slightly different views, but we can talk about night three, night four, whatever, but this is a night when everything comes together. As a team, this is... It's just one of those nights, it's one of those nights you go back to, not quite at Leipzig levels, but it's getting close because you see Archie, you see Walter, Andy's higher than he's ever jumped in his life. Hmm. I think me at the age of 26, I um, balance on one bit of the seat. I don't know why the seat had happened there at that point with a foot in the other. And I'm giving it, you know, with John Gilligan, um, who work in the same company at this point. And it is one of those nights, unfortunately, you go to walk back to the car and miss rain, but mm. do you really feel it? You go home, you watch the highlights on BBC, you get the VHS video, and Sky is much better. Oggy's got it on his channel. Yeah, yeah. The Sky commentary much better on every level. Big butcher? And it's just... Well, he has to, I mean, because... It's Martin Tyler, Sky, Sky Lovers. I mean, even the way Richard Keyes is going, well, was it really? A pay- I mean, I don't know why. Maybe they weren't biased, but it feels as if. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. To I, do I, I, well, I, they really, and we're used to seeing Jock Brown, hearing Jock Brown, and whoever else, like you know, doing his down. Yeah. And Sky talk us up. Yeah, I mean, we would say it's what we deserve, but they talk it in, you know. Martin Tyler, what a goal by McCoy's and tears, you know, this will get down what is one of the great nights in Rangers history. You know, they are actually, they, they're getting caught up in the passion in a way that Scottish TV doesn't. It's like the next season, I always prefer listening to Brian Moore and mm. um, Big Ron yeah. than Jeremy Nee and whoever is on the other side. Because they get it, they don't have any let's not upset the Thames or let's not build up Rangers. They call it as they see it, which is, this is a fantastic night in Rangers history. How have they managed to do it? What are Celtic doing? And Celtic are dreadful. 
I mean, silky football is open. They only look dangerous when Galloway comes on and starts firing it from about 40 yards out. Mm. They, they, we play more football in that second half than they do with this quick break. So wins against us, we don't have the legs. But we are busting out on a regular basis. They are dreadful. Yeah. I mean, but this silky, is a, silky, yeah, silky yeah, are dreadful. Yeah, we will get to know this pattern, that you might see a bit of a mini resurgence, but when it absolutely matters, because the league game didn't, you know, exactly. range of 10 points clear, and, you know, very comfortable um, above hearts as well. Uh, this was something that they could save, they could save their season, and give Brady a bit of a platform, you know, going on, and they freeze a bit. Um, now they have their chances, and they, sh- they should have been level um, from the penalty spot, etc, etc, but um, they... They don't quite play with that 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 fluency that they've had. But again, who is going to do that on on that night? A few observations just before we kind of move on. Again, Stuart McCall's involved in creating a goal um, by stopping something and then springing something um, immediately. Uh, very much providing that that link in the midfield, which. Uh, I think it's forgotten about as, as time goes on. McCall does more of the battling and the running about than, than perhaps that linkage, but very, very important that season. Um, David made a good point. It's something I have a lot of time for, that he seems to put this season and next season as a winner, really, 91 to 93. The same kind of players, um, the same kind of ethos, and there's a real consistency once this season gets up and up and running, really. Um, I, I do see where he's coming from. It forgets, though, that two huge players next season have a really poor 91-92 for reasons of fitness and form, and that's Janant and Ferguson. And and they're starting to really get it on the record hotlines and in the fanzines and whatever. Ferguson, I think, Janant gets all the leeway in the world given how much he was loved before the injury and then that that, that injury as well. Um, but both will be huge parts of the season to come. Um, we bits of McCoy and Haley. For a few people, I think McCoy's restoration is, you know, the king, the king of Ibrooks really, and comes with his golden boot um, for his sensational 34 league goals in addition to the players and, and writers player of the, the year. Um, should note that the European golden boot, the actual award was, was done by Adidas, basically because they sponsored Rangers. Adidas and L'Equipe had given up on it because... Um, there was just some absolute nonsense winners and I think the separate league had protested Darko Panchev's award and said, you know what, this is imbalanced, you really need a waiting system here. Um, so they, they stepped out for, for a few years until 96, until that waiting system, the coefficient, was was reintroduced. So other winners from Wales, Armenia, Georgia, didn't get the actual boot that McCoy's got in 92 and 93. That was that was really made for him by Adidas. But you know he was Europe's top goal scorer. Um, but I would argue that his his restoration is really when he signed a new contract. Um, he still had a couple of years left, but like Haitley had done it the week before, Rangers are planning for the future. They're getting these guys tied down. Um, and if, you know, someone like Trevor Stephen, if they wanted to go, it was going to cost someone to to, to get it. You couldn't let these um, contracts run dangerously down, said David Murray. A wee dig at Celtic and Paul McStay. We were in that kind of position. Um, but... This was a sound position for a chairman who, at the moment, was riding a big crest of popularity um, at the, the time. Uh, but such prudent foresight wouldn't last forever. For Haley, who had a great season as well, of course, uh, and a bit of football and frustration. Graham Taylor 
who was England manager, of course, at the time, he was forced to reconsider. Um, um, uh, uh, bringing him up, uh, calling him up. He'd gone to um, Aberdeen uh, when, he, when he was imperious, so uh, he kind of had to do that. Uh, he was supposed to play in a friendly against France, but he got an injury, so he couldn't do it. That's when Alan Shearer made a goal-scoring start for England. But he was finally given a chance in a friendly against Czechoslovakia. And it's interesting to see the the, the reaction in England to Hately. You know, David Lacey, the Guardian... Some regard him as the doyen of football writing around that time. Um, he had to describe his performance as intelligent and actually could be quite useful, which is a bit of a, a shift in gear because before he'd said that uh, Hately was the, the last of the steam-driven centre-forwards um, and felt that the, the selection after four years out was just about warranted if only to show that Bobby Robson was correct in regarding the powerful but limited striker, a second attacking option once Lineker had been joined by Peter Beardsley in the, the 86 World Cup. So it wasn't as loved, um, he wasn't getting the respect and given that, that Gary Stevens would miss out in Euro 92, Hately wouldn't be, be picked, uh, he missed out very late because of injury, Rangers don't have anyone there, well certainly not anyone there officially um, at that time a big change in dynamic Andy from the World Cup two years earlier where no club had more players than, than Rangers in the, the, the England squad the spring of, of, of 92 just before that semi-final um it's finally announced that there's going to be a, a breakaway Premier League, which uh, forces David Murray to have frantic phone calls to the to the English Football League saying what's happening, what happened to our arrangement, discussion uh, about a, a British Super League, because that's where he believed it was heading. Things were changing. There's a, there's a wind of change here that's leaving us cold, and our time in the ascendancy is becoming more and more numbered Aye I, I, I mean on the England squad thing that, this is the window change coming through the former rule is it two or three former can't remember and uh, we are obviously reshaping the squad the close season after this season we're talking about either seeing Dave McPherson come in so I'm Hately I think is more wishful thinking on our part to think that it was still England material he was good enough to play but He's just to the ring side of 30. Is he 31 now? I think he's 30, 31 maybe. So he's just to the ring side. If they're going to build a team towards the next World Cup, then they're not going to start it off with a guy that's 30, 31. And Shearer's coming through. And Shearer was a sensation, you know. You couldn't, you couldn't really argue against him when you seen him. And you're right, man, this is a pivotal. Looking back now, we don't really, we, at this point in time then, we didn't realise the significance of what was happening down the road. And through this series, we've spoken about how we've taken advantage of the English dynamic in terms of the, the, the ban for Europe and the Taylor Report and, and all sorts of things that are going on that are more or less external influences in the English game. And this is where it all changes because... You think, what if? What if we had been invited to that party or we'd been part of that, that plan? Where would we be now? We'd probably be elite, you know, and I mean elite. Um, yeah. So uh, it changes everything in, in, in the sunset. So, in the, uh, as, you, as you quite rightly put it, the ascendancy, we're an unstoppable force going forward. Everything's getting bigger and better and stronger and faster, and there's more money coming in every turn. And uh, 
this is where it slows down ultimately reverses down the line yeah all of that's in the future however Rangers were going for the double uh, the week before they would secure the league uh, we went to Tanadice 1-2-1 um, Miko and John Brown scored the 90th and 91st league goals of the season respectively breaking the Premier Division scoring record and there has to be a, a bit of credit given to Smith in his first full season as manager to be so expansive I know we've got 44 games instead of 36 but even in the old 44, um, it, this is a, a very open and aggressive Rangers team, which I, I don't think gets the uh, the kind of recognition it perhaps deserves. And appropriately enough, it was McCoy's who scored two goals against St Myrna Ibrox. And Gary Stevens, the pick of the bunch, um, John in a 4 0 win to, to, to wrap up the title. I remember going to that game, telling my mum was going to see Rangers win the league. She says, Well, you know, don't count your chickens and I said no I'm going to see Rangers win the league there was something now a year on from being at you know 340 and being in second place on the final game of the season um, there's something very very comfortable about Rangers position in Scottish football that despite being favourites for titles and despite you know what five titles in six years um, and and having that that real thrust of growth this seemed a bit different. This seemed now to have real clear blue water. Well, there is. Uh, on all levels, uh, Aberdeen's high water mark basically was the season before and we'd held them off. Celtic are in decline at, at the moment. Hearts are okay. And simultaneously, our, as I discussed, our hoodoo things of Scottish Cup, Parkhead, Pataudry are blown out of the water. And we... I remember talking about what we were talking about in the bus at the time, all about the number of goals that we were scoring and how no one was talking about it. Everybody's talking about super sales, whatever. And we also we had, a, we had a, I would say, an excellent defence in terms of how we shaped up. I think it, was, it wasn't us, but I think um, David and Alan were talking about, you know, would you have Stagman in the call? But, at this point, the two very different players. McCall, as you say, is other forward, break it up. For me, he plays too much of his time in his backside. Whereas Spackman is that holding defensive, makes things very efficiently, always on his feet. So, I mean, we only lose to, I mean, our goal difference is, what, plus 70 in that season? Yeah, it's mental. I mean, it is. It's not just that we're going and winning 5 4 or whatever, a lot of the Tims or whatever. I mean, we are scoring at both ends, and we're relatively tight at the other end, despite, you know, opening up. And, and look, a lot of injuries, you've touched on it about, you know, some weeks you're, you're watching, it's Miko, next one it's Schuster, you know, some weeks it's Spackman and Ferguson, then it's McCall and Spackman, and then Durant comes in. And, I mean, it just, Gately's out for quite a bit the season on and off. Um, not huge amounts, but you know, he only plays in what two of the five Scottish Cup ties, which is at Perth and then at the Cup final because he, he is picking up little knocks. It's very underrated. I mean, this is the year if you're a Rangers fan, not season, this is the year you want to go back and be because this is when everything seems possible. This whole 1992. Mm. If you go back further and you get hindsight, you realise the decisions that Murray didn't make mm. or made two years before actually 
the momentum is carrying us to 92, but it's not there to take us through to 94 or 96. Um, we can discuss that. But this is the time where everything is possible. And it's not just because we're winning or whatever, but the manner in which we're winning, the way in which we play, and there is some good stuff. You know, it might be counter-attacking something. I mean, you, we've talked about them, you know, the first game at Park Edward, we went 2-0, blown away, the 3-2 game at Pataudry, even the 3-1 game at Park Edward in the year. I mean, they used to do that all through the 80s against us. Murdo McLeod would score mm. in the last minute. When we'd a corner 10 seconds later, it'd be in the back of our net. We were just doing things that had been done to us. And, I mean, 101 goals, I mean, what was it, 2.25 uh, goals a game or something? Uh, just over. I mean, it's phenomenal. Every game in a 44 season. And we just don't stop. And we have our issues early on, but... And this is a team in transition. This is now went from yeah. a team of England internationals to a team, team of Scottish internationals. Yeah, so it's a big summer, as we, as we mentioned in the opening yeah. episode of this this four parter. Um, this summer's apart from the, the the first one and the the last one in this this series. This is the this is the biggest the biggest June nine in a row in terms of uh, transition, in terms of turnover. Andy, Ali McCoy writes uh, in his book, the, if I were to tell you that at 5.30am on the Sunday, Andy Gorham and I were sharing a bottle of champagne at the bottom of my garden, you'll get a rough idea of the party spirit. Andy and I have booked the garden seats for the same time, same place next year, and hopefully for the next few seasons after that. Uh, we're also recording this um, the day after uh, Andy Gorham's sad passing. Uh, but those two who have had their... Um, fair share of of tribulations um, in the last uh, year, 18 months to be celebrating um, is quite apt and that feeling from the players that this is something that they could possibly, probably be doing over the next few seasons because well, who's going to stop? Is that how you as a 16 year old felt? Because none of us not even John, someone that old, has seen four league titles in a row. This is new territory. Aye, I think there's there's eternal optimism there because it's well founded, and it's well founded because, as you say, Martin, look at the Gorham situation. He had a, he had a torrid time at the start of the season. If that was to happen nowadays, then you, I think the pressure would become intolerable because the margin for error between a Rangers and Celtic league title race. It needs to stay alive would make it impossible to, to persevere with a goalkeeper that would make mistakes like he was. So there was that. It's too easy to say there was a margin for error, but there was, and it was born out a couple of things, your superiority in terms of squad and player quality, and also you still had a couple of teams there that could challenge for second place, Hearts, Aberdeen, Celtic sometimes. Um, so you, you, you kind of felt that strength was always going to come out over the course of a full season. But it still had to be done. And um, I think, you know, Rangers is littered with players like Gorham, Haley's another one, or Coist, that have come through really hard times and been stronger for it. And it's, it's old adages, if something was easy, then everybody would be able to do it. So, yeah, I used the word stoic earlier on. Stoic was just one of the qualities this team was, was fostering. And uh, John alluded to the fact that defensively we were very sound 
we were adaptable, we could do different things. We had multiple ways of playing. We didn't just have one way of playing or having to play uh, firing on all cylinders to win a game, which is kind of where Celtic were. You know, they had to play well to win a game and had no other kind of backup plan in terms of uh, um, changing the game plan up. So the future looked good. You know, you're in that Scottish Cup final and they're wearing a new strap and they look like a team for the future. It's a day It's that new strip template. It's fresh. Um, there's only so many teams that have got that template. They're usually the best teams in Europe. Yeah. Andy, we, we, we can't. Uh, I don't want to derail by a strip show, right? Because th- we have an excellent strip show on this uh, network. Be careful you, you, you take that, that heading. Um, but I, I can't emphasise enough just how big a deal financially that deal was huge but how big a deal for a kid to be going yeah. to pick up that strip I, I got it and Greaves were uh, giving away a, a free Adidas Tango ball with the first 50 Rangers strips they sold that day and I made sure my dad was early at work that morning to, to, to pick that up um, it was different we all get excited about strips but this just felt it, the future is exactly it and one of the one of the boys one of the top boys and you know, no other, just no other team in, in the country was was looking like that, um, and it, it really did feel feel like the future. We would see it. Uh... Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Of course, on the cup final, um, Archie Knox said, uh, Airdrie can't win the cup. This was in the night before. Um, only you, the Rangers players, can stop yourself from winning. Um, probably didn't ease the tension um, as the Rangers players um, got through to the, that, that, that cup final. You know, favourites, but we aren't picking up Scottish Cup trophies. So it's still, I think, going to be a nervy game. Um, McCoyce and Hately give us that breathing space. Airdrie defence, a bit confused because they changed the runs uh, from those David Robertson crosses. Um, Airdrie would get a a consolation, uh, Andy Smith, quite a nice volley actually, um, but no nerves amongst the Rangers players apparently um, despite the scare, at no time do I think we're going to give up our lead, said McCoy's we're in control, the cup is ours um, it, it it was a weird day that day, it was a wee bit flat nothing could match John, the semi-final nothing could match even some of those um, earlier rounds, the expectations were high, I remember Rangers fans complaining in the, um, later on that, you know, why is it so flat, and then there was a bigger cheer for Graham Roberts being in the um, been in the stand, you know, more songs about that. It was like maybe after the Lord Mayor's show, um, but it just had to be done. It was done. The players were weirdly apologetic. Um, you know, McCall said they only let down as a cup final, sp- poor spectacle. Um, I felt guilty we put on such a, a poor show for the fans, McCoy's wrote. Um, and Smith actually grabbed them, said, Look, I've been here five times, played well and won nothing in a Scottish Cup final. Get out there celebrating you've won the Cup and it, you know the party atmosphere. Um, along with Wet, 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 um, soon got, got going. Um, I think they were taking the Cup down to local pubs um, for a sing-song and uh, a wee demonstration. Uh, and Ali took a moment in Hamden Field, medal in hand, 
completed the set now and you know supporter scarves around his neck look for the spot in the terrace where he'd stood at that 81 replay against Dundee United I remember the hopes and dreams of the teenager who stood there he said even for an optimist like McCoist uh, the dreams are now being surpassed by this magic of reality um, do you remember that that game but a, a, that flat was there a, a a good party after it um, that was flat I mean we were going to win it hmm. but and this is, we broke the back, we'd won it to Todd, we, we'd beat the terms. It was Airdrie, it was almost like, let's not em, em, embarrass Doddy, but we're in five. But it was, just turn up, give the trophy, if we need to play for 90 minutes. And it was hell, I don't know why they, they apologised, because the fans were, we were always saying, and let's face it, for all the trials, tribulations, the Scottish Cups or whatever, think, and I don't know, it would be the 60s, early 60s, we haven't lost at Hamden to anybody except Celtic, Aberdeen and Hibs in those 30 years. Our record at Hamden is more than half decent. It's getting there, that's usually the issue. Even, and even when we're rubbish, we, we could, when we got there, we put up a decent show a la Aberdeen 82 and 83. There just was a feeling and the confidence as well in the team. I mean, not, you get, even if we're playing rubbish, McCoy's Tately or maybe Goff would, would come up ahead or, you know, somebody would do something. There was too much class. McDonald had done a great job with an Airdrie team. But they weren't going to... They just weren't. I mean, we talk about all these things. It might have been Durant the fairy tale. It really was just getting through this 90 minutes. And it I suppose it's like, as we're in 2022, it's like this season, there is a huge thing as a Rangers team. You can win league trophies, you can win Skull Cups, League Cups, whatever. Weirdly, winning the Scottish Cup, which is usually the last game of the season, leaves you buzzing through the summer. Mm. Just lifting the trophy. Most of the fans and players, you know, just seeing them lift the trophy, putting it to the Rangers' end, it just is... And that's all you wanted at that point. We'd, I mean, we'd done all the hard work. You know, we'd written everything. It would have been... I wouldn't say work. It would have been as much as Berwick if Airdrie had even got a draw that day. It just... It was never going to happen in anybody's minds. It might be an alternative unit. It's just not going to happen. And You know, you get, so we haven't talked about our two fullbacks. I mean, we have... I mean, yeah. you talk about the, these two fullbacks yeah. playing out. You know, and would people would be saying these are fullbacks of the future? We had two fullbacks, absolute engines, getting bombing forward either side. And this was this peak. Gary Stevens gets a bit of an injury after it, but this season is when the two of them are bombing forward. Hardly you misses a game. Ferguson. I don't think he. Yeah. yeah, he misses one. I think in the, the whole season, he was absolutely outstanding, yeah. Gary Stevens. Um, yeah. Conscious of time, so we'll, we'll probably wrap up now. But the one thing that I remember coming away from that from that game into that the summer was now treble. People talking, not that it's possible, but that it's probable that it would be now that monkey's off the back, so we can we can go and win everything. That was an aberration in that semi final in the League Cup against Hibs, um, but but here here we're going to go. Uh, I won't spoil it, but it's a possibility um, as we, we get through 92, 93. Guys, thank you for your time tonight. Uh, we're halfway through our epic uh, journey from um, 86 to 98. Um, 
just a, a wee bit of uh, info on the the book, which is now two. Um, it was supposed to be one book, it was far too big. As uh, a publisher's asked me to do two, and I have picked this moment to end, not because it's very neat and uh, arbitrary, but uh, I think there's a, a I think there are two stories to tell. And I'll get into why. Uh, I think there's one story here and it ends here. Uh, next Sunday night, or this coming Sunday night, uh, we'll be live on our, our live Zoom show um, to, to talk about that, to talk about other themes through the these six seasons, uh, the last few months that we've been talking about it, but more importantly, to take your questions. Um, so please join us. It'll be 8 o'clock Sunday, 10th of July, and the details will be up on Patreon throughout the week um, or, or on the day itself. John sadly won't be with us. He's um, on holiday, but Andy will, David, Alan, and myself. We look forward to that. Uh, thank you tonight, John, but also for the last six months, dear me. Oh, thank you. This was tonight especially, but all of it so far, were glorious times. Uh, yeah, so thank you. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Andrew. I'd just like to thank my listeners for joining me through through my puberty, and it's going to get even better after this. That's me 16 now, so you know, <laughs> nightclubs and drinking is a, is a wait. Full systems go. Uh, okay, the story of this season then, 91-92, was... Uh, both one of rich individual narratives and team cohesion, but one that was quietly orchestrated by Walter Smith. Less demonstrative than his predecessor, but no less authoritative. He was more than happy to allow his players to enjoy the limelight. There were the stars of the show, after all. He was simply the director, and it was a production that was becoming a smash hit at the box office. I was thrilled for Walter Smith and Archie Knox. Basically, players go out to win matches and championships for themselves and their teammates. This time I genuinely wanted to do it for Walter and Archie, and I took as much pleasure in their delight as I did in my own. This was no postseason platitude from McCoy's, it was genuine warmth towards the men who had given him a platform from which he was now producing the best football of his career. Smith found it difficult to accept the lead title the previous season as his own, but this was very much his team, both in his new personnel and approach. Any fans who feared that the top job would have been too big for a man who had spent so long as someone else's assistant had no doubts now. Smith didn't fear the history-laden responsibility. He used it as fuel instead. It was his choice to bring the oil paintings of the eight previous managers into his office. They were scattered all over the stadium and I thought it would be nice to have them all hanging together to remind me of the men who had shaped the club's history from the very early days. Inspiring for Smith rather than intimidating. Smith was now one title in sight of a record belonging to the greatest of those predecessors, Bill Struth, with a fifth title in succession looking as lightly as the fourth, which had been just secured, the conversation was increasingly dominated by concerns about how good this was for the Scottish game, especially as it was this only coming as a result of the Rangers' off-field power. Smith was quick to point out the hypocrisy of the national discourse. When he and Soonis arrived, they were told by the footballing literati that they couldn't buy success. A couple of years down the line, with the trophy room looking pretty full, the same people were accusing us of buying success. Well, either way, it wasn't dull for the Rangers fans or players. People may say it's boring that Rangers keep winning the league, said Richard Goff immediately after the title was secured. Well, if that's boring, long may it continue. It wasn't all contentment for the Rangers captain, however. He felt that the team had let Smith down against Sparta Prague in a game that they had won and then, in his words, tossed it away. It was the only thing that the rest of Scottish football had to beat them with and it had to change. Fans may have dreamt about a better charge in Europe, now to be rebranded as the UEFA Champions League, but recent experience had made them wary. 
Now that the Scottish Cup jinx had been lifted, it was the prospect of a total domestic sweep that most supporters felt with within comfortable range. No one could know that the trials and tribulations of 91-92 had shaped a Rangers side who were ready for something truly special. The impossible dream was on. Until next time, bye for now. Podcast Network.